Shema Yisrael. Welcome to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries with Aaron Budgen. Aaron discovered Jesus is his Messiah while preparing to be a rabbi. He now teaches for several organizations and is the teaching pastor for Living God Ministries. Strongly distinguishing between the Old and New Covenants, Aaron presents the scriptures from a Judaic and historical frame of reference. Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us. I received a very good question recently. The question was, should we emphasize more on the teachings of the Lord Jesus or on the teachings of the Apostle Paul? The question implies that there are some differences with regards to what the Lord Jesus taught and what the Apostle Paul taught. That if you read through the scriptures, if you read through the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then you read the letters that Paul wrote, Romans, Galatians, Colossians, if you read through those letters, then you may observe a slight difference in terms of how they described our daily life and how we would be living our daily life. For example, if you consider the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 20, we have a very good illustration of what the Lord Jesus was teaching. In Matthew, chapter 5, verse 20, the Lord Jesus said, For I say to you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. And as you continue to read in Matthew, chapter 5, to verse 48, this is Matthew, chapter 5, verse 48, it says, Therefore, you are to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. When you consider what the Lord Jesus was communicating in the Sermon on the Mount, it is clear that the Lord Jesus is teaching us to be perfect. He is teaching us to live in obedience to the law, well beyond what the scribes and the Pharisees were declaring. He was telling the people that we were to live a life of obedience to the Mosaic Law, that he did not come to abolish the law, but he came to fulfill the law, and that the law would be in place, it would be established until all things were fulfilled in the scriptures. That certainly has not happened yet. It will not happen until the end of this earth, which will occur when the Lord our God declares that everyone's life here on earth is over, and he reshapes and remakes the world for his thousand-year millennial reign. And then after the millennial reign, there will be a final judgment and the earth will be destroyed. Apparently, it will only be when that happens, the final destruction of this earth occurs, that the law will effectively pass away and we will enter into a new life, a new relationship with the Lord Jesus after that. However, when you consider some of the things that the Apostle Paul said, it appears that he may be saying some things a little differently. For example, in Romans chapter 6, verse 14, This is Romans chapter 6, verse 14. Paul said, For sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. Talking about the power of the law, and that if you try to live a life in obedience to the law, then it will stir up sin within you. And the illustration that he gave later in the subsequent chapter had to do with coveting, that he would have not known what it was to covet until the law told him not to covet, And when the law was given and he found the law, it stirred within him every covetous desire. And so if a person was to live a life under the law, then sin would effectively be their master. This appears to be a slight difference between what the Lord Jesus was teaching and what the Apostle Paul was teaching. Again, in Romans chapter 7, verse 6, this is Romans chapter 7, verse 6, But now we have been released from the law, having died to that by which we were bound. 
so that we serve in newness of the spirit and not in oldness of the letter. Making a very clear distinction that there is a newness of the spirit and there is an oldness of the letter and we do not live in accordance with the oldness of the letter. But then you look back to some of the things that the Lord Jesus said. For example, in Matthew chapter 23, verse 23. This is Matthew chapter 23, verse 23. The Lord Jesus said, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier provisions of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. But these are the things you should have done without neglecting the others. Statements such as these do give the indication that the Lord Jesus was teaching that we should be living in obedience to the law, and yet statements that the Apostle Paul gave gave an indication that we are not to live in obedience to the Mosaic law. Again, consider another passage that Paul wrote. This is Colossians chapter 2, verse 16. Colossians chapter 2, verse 16 says, Therefore let no one act as your judge in regard to food or drink or in respect to a festival or a new moon, or a Sabbath day, things which are a mere shadow of what is to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Again in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. This is Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Move another verse down to verse 18. It says, this is Galatians chapter 5, verse 18. Paul said, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And so when you compare some of the passages found in the Gospels with some of the passages that are found in the letters that Paul wrote, when you compare these passages, it appears that there is a slight difference in terms of how we are to walk our daily life. There is a difference in terms of how the Lord Jesus encouraged us to live our daily life and how the Apostle Paul encouraged us to live our daily life. Given these apparent differences, how will we reconcile these differences? Because it is a reasonable assumption to assume that there is no difference between the teachings of the Lord Jesus and the teachings of the Apostle Paul. It is reasonable to assume that to a certain degree, because if they did not agree, then we would say that there is a contradiction in the scriptures. These are the kinds of arguments that people are presenting and are legitimately concerned about. And so what happens? What happens in general when people are confronted, when we are confronted with variations such as these, potential differences that exist between the writings that we have, how do we reconcile these apparent differences? Well, in general, the way that people will reconcile these differences is they will look for a balance between the two teachings. People will generally look for a balance somewhere between law and grace, somewhere between the teachings of the Lord Jesus and the teachings of the Apostle Paul. They will try to find some balance in between. This is normally described by pastors and preachers as you are to live a life in devotion to trying to live in obedience to the Mosaic Law, and where you fall short of living that way, the grace of God makes up the difference. That's the most common way to reconcile the differences, as they say that we are to try to live as holy as we can, but where we fall short of living a holy life, we depend on the work that the Lord Jesus has done on our behalf and receive the grace of God to make up for where we fall short. 
That's how many people perceive the grace of God in their life. They perceive it as what we call upon, what we draw upon, or what we appropriate in the event that we fail in trying to live a life of repentance and obedience. Now, I do not agree with that definition. I'm only communicating what I hear most people communicating in Christianity today. I just simply do not agree with this perspective. But it's important to understand what other people believe because we are a part of the world that we have before us and we do integrate and involve ourselves in the lives of others. And so it is very important to be aware of these things. And being aware of these things, we are also able to make comparisons between one way versus another way, and we can have the option to choose. You certainly can choose to live a life of trying to be perfect as your Heavenly Father is perfect. Otherwise, you may have the concern as to whether or not you will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Or you can live a life of trust and dependency on what Christ Jesus has already done for you so that you can enter into the kingdom of heaven. We have the choice, we have the option in terms of what we want to believe. Now, given that we have the option, that doesn't mean that the Lord Jesus has given us those options, given us those options in the sense that they are both valid. What I mean by that is that we have the ability to choose. However, given any subject, I am confident that the Lord Jesus, our God in heaven, who has created all things, given any subject, he has only one opinion on it. And his judgment will certainly be known eventually to everyone. That I certainly do have great confidence in. But in the midst of that, in the midst of our circumstances that we live in today, that's what many people do. They try to follow both. They try to follow the teachings of the Lord Jesus as found in the Gospels, which I understand, very appropriate. And they also try to follow the teachings given by the Apostle Paul in his letters, which I, of course, also believe is very important. But when they do that, they try to find a balance between the two. This is normally described as the healthy, well-balanced church, a balance between law and grace. This can be illustrated with a picture if you were to draw a line on a piece of paper and then put a bar on the left and a bar on the right. The bar on the left, perhaps, you may mark as law to say that you may perhaps live a life of obedience to the law closely to obedience as the Lord would demand of you. You may put that on the left-hand side, and I normally write on the right-hand side, grace, and say that this is a life of pure grace depending only on the grace of God in your life, not on your obedience or repentance. If you were to look at a line such as that, then people will generally slide from one end to the other, and various denominations can't actually be defined on the basis of how much do they tend to slide towards the law side of this scale versus the grace side of this scale. And in many cases, people are looking for a balance between the two that they feel is appropriate. What I mean by appropriate is that if they can obey the commandments of God, or at least they think that they are obeying the commandments of God, then they may fall a little bit closer to the law side versus those who trust and believe that they cannot live in obedience to the commandments of God. They will lean a little bit heavier towards the grace side. This is how many people look at the scriptures and their life in Christ Jesus is a life on this scale of somewhere between law and grace, where they try to live perfectly as the Lord Jesus demanded that they live, or they try to live without concern with regards to their obedience or holiness to God, but just rely on the grace of God. Those are the two spectrums that people normally function under. 
Now, I want you to know that I personally do not believe I fit on this scale at all. I have nothing to do with this scale. I would encourage you to get off the scale completely. But this is the question that is being asked. The question is, do we emphasize more the teachings of the law that were given through Christ Jesus, or do we emphasize more the teachings of the Apostle Paul that would direct us more towards the grace side of this scale? This is the question. This is the interpretation. Now, what they are effectively saying by this question is that we should completely reject the teachings of the Apostle Paul. That's what they are effectively saying. Because if you ask the question in that way, who should we emphasize more the teachings of? Well, of course you would emphasize more the teachings of the Lord Jesus because he was God manifested in the flesh. The Apostle Paul was a man just like you and I. He was no different. He certainly did believe in the Lord our God. He believed in the Lord Jesus. He believed that he had a great understanding from the living God in terms of how we walk in our new life that we have before us. I certainly agree with him as well. But when people ask the question, should we emphasize more the teachings of the Lord Jesus or the Apostle Paul, then the obvious answer is, well, the Lord Jesus, because the Apostle Paul was not God. And so the question is a setup. That's what it really is. But inherent in the question, they're saying that we live on this scale. We live on this sliding scale. What the scale means is that you live your life as best you can in obedience to the Mosaic law, and that moves you towards the law side on this scale. But as soon as you fall short or if you find yourself distracted and falling into sin, then you end up sliding back towards the grace side because you need a lot of grace in your life. And that's how many people end up functioning when they try to balance out the two. They say, well, I will try to live as best I can to push myself towards that law end of the scale. But when I fall short, then I end up relying, I end up sliding back to the grace side of the scale. And this is called backsliding. Or this is how I define backsliding. Backsliding is the theology, it is the belief that you have attempted to live in obedience to the law, but you have fallen short significantly in terms of your life of obedience and repentance. You've fallen short, and so you end up sliding back on the scale, and you need to rely a lot more heavily on the grace of God if you're going to even make it at all. And when you come back to your relationship with your God, your relationship in the sense of trying to obey the commandments, then you will start to leave that grace side and start pushing more towards the law side because if you are obedient and repentant, then then you will be conforming more to what the law demands. That's how many people live their Christian life. And so that's what this question is really asking. It's asking you to make a choice between the two. Now, I certainly do make a choice in a certain way because I do see that there are some differences in terms of what the Lord Jesus said versus what the Apostle Paul said. But that does not mean that I do not believe that we should emphasize our life more on Paul and not on Jesus. That's not what I believe. That's what many people think that I believe or want me to believe in order to justify their position. But it certainly is not what I believe. I sincerely believe that if that is the question, who do we emphasize more, then the appropriate answer is to say that we emphasize 100% the message of the Lord Jesus and 100% the message of the Apostle Paul. You see, if a person wants to emphasize more the teachings of the Lord Jesus versus the Apostle Paul, then the only way they can do that is to say that they hang on to some of the things that the Apostle Paul teaches, in contrast to what the Lord Jesus teaches, which means that by saying that, they have to depreciate the seriousness and the importance of what the Lord Jesus said. They have to depreciate that. They have to take away from that. 
So likewise, if the Apostle Paul was inspired by the living God to write what he did, if you are to say something otherwise than what he said, then you have to depreciate the importance of what he said. I don't do that. I sincerely believe that we should follow the Lord Jesus 100%. Every word he said, we should follow, we should obey, we should believe. So likewise, also what the Apostle Paul said. I sincerely believe that he was inspired by the living God to record and teach what he taught, and we should obey 100% what he said. There's something else, though, and that is the proper context. And that's what people are ignoring. There is a context to what the Lord Jesus was teaching versus what the Apostle Paul was teaching. And I believe that this is best described by the prophet Jeremiah. The prophet Jeremiah gave a prophecy in Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 through 34. In Jeremiah chapter 31, beginning in verse 31, it says, Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not like the covenant which I made with their fathers in the day I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant which they broke, although I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. Here in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 31 and 32, the Lord himself told us very clearly that he would make a new covenant with the house of Israel and that it would not be like the old covenant. He said very clearly that there was an old covenant and there would be a new covenant. And so if you believe that the new covenant is like the old covenant, then you are rejecting what our God has clearly said. He said that there was an old and there will be a new and the new will not be like the old. And so if you think that the new is like the old, then you don't know the new covenant or you have completely rejected what he has clearly declared to be the new covenant. Continuing in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 33. This is Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 33. But this is the covenant which I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and on their heart I will write it, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Well, do you think that the Lord our God has some heavenly tattoo machine that he starts etching on your heart with? or that he pulls out a chisel and starts carving away at your flesh. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about a change of heart. He's going to change your heart and conform you to his image in terms of teaching you and guiding you and changing you into a person that he wants you to be. Continuing in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 34, And they shall not teach again each man his neighbor and each man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them to the greatest of them, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and their sin I will remember no more. This is what is going to enable him to establish the new covenant. The fact that he will forgive our iniquity, and he will remember our sins no more. That is what will enable him to establish this new covenant that will enable him to be able to change our hearts. Not change our flesh, but deal with our heart to deal with who we are as a person. Now, when was it in history that the Lord our God forgave our iniquities and no longer remembered our sins? Well, that was the cross. That was when the Lord Jesus died on the cross when he was crucified. The Lord Jesus provided for the forgiveness of the sins of the entire world. 
He died for all of our sins. The Lord our God forgave us through that offering of the Lord Jesus who provided for the propitiation of our sins, which means the complete taking away of our sins. He remembers our sins no more. The sin issue between us and our God is over. And it was then that he was able to institute the new covenant and begin to change the heart of his people, to change our hearts. This was the moment in history when everything changed. When did this occur? It occurred when the Lord our God manifested in the flesh, dwelt among us, and then he died on the cross for the forgiveness of sins. Before that happened, the old covenant was in effect. After that happened, the new covenant went into effect. Now, the old covenant was clearly described by Moses and further clarified by the Lord Jesus as he exaggerated some of the aspects of the law in order to explain to us the intent of it, which was to show us that there is no way that we could ever enter into the kingdom of heaven outside of his grace and mercy. That's why he taught the Old Covenant and why he taught the things that he did. He taught us to obey the law because that was the covenant that was in effect. When he died, rose from the dead, and provided us with salvation, everything changed. Everything changed because he no longer held our sins against us. And what the Apostle Paul did was he described the implications of what the Lord Jesus accomplished, what that implied how that would then change our relationship with our God so that we could walk in a completely new way of life under an entirely new, different covenant that is not like the old. So that's why you see differences. Now, when I say that we are to obey 100% the Lord Jesus and 100% the Apostle Paul, then how do I say that? What do I mean by that? Well, what I mean by that is that if you want to believe that your right standing with your God is defined by your obedience... Or if you want to believe that you will please your God because of your obedience or your repentance, or if you believe that you will be blessed by God because of your obedience or repentance, as defined by the Mosaic Law, if that's what you want to believe, then go ahead and do it. But don't pretend to do it. Don't just pick a few things that you like. You really do it. You really pursue it. You really live a life in devotion to that and don't be claiming that other people are not living in obedience properly until you get your life straightened out. You do it. And I say that because I want you to try. I want you to try to live in obedience to every law that he gave so that you can eventually come to the point of recognizing that you cannot do it and that you will have no hope outside of the grace and mercy of God and your obedience is worthless and your repentance is worthless and all of that means absolutely nothing. That's what the law was given for. It was to lead you to that point. And if you haven't quite gotten there yet, then the only thing I can say is is that you just simply are not really sincere enough. You are not devoted enough. You don't really believe what you keep trying to tell everybody else. You don't really believe it. You're a liar, and the truth is not in you. To me, that's very clear in the Scriptures. So you should go ahead and do that. But what does that mean, really, effectively? What do I really mean by that? I mean that if you are going to live a life in obedience to the commandments, if you are going to do that, then eventually what you're trying to do is you're trying to reach a point where you don't sin anymore. And what does that mean? Well, that means that you're sinless, which means you're God. Because of what? Because you obeyed or because you repented. And what will that result in? Well, the Lord your God told you exactly what you would achieve if you managed to finally achieve full, complete obedience. You would have plenty of flour in your kneading bowl. Your enemies would flee from you in war. 
you would lend and not borrow. These are blessings that are clearly defined in Deuteronomy chapter 28. These are promises that you would receive these blessings in the event that you obey all of the commandments. But when you read through these blessings, there's something that you might notice. And if you haven't noticed, then perhaps you might notice now. And that is there isn't one blessing that says anything about you knowing your God or having a relationship with him. Not one blessing that even hints at such a thing. And so that will be the height of your spirituality as you achieve this life you are trying to live. And that is that you will be obedient and repentant, but you will not know your God. And quite likely he won't know you either. That's what you have to look forward to. The new covenant is very distinct from the old, and it's very important for you to identify those differences. Those differences are well described as the differences between what the Lord Jesus taught and what was taught by the Lord Jesus through the Apostle Paul after he died and resurrected from the dead. Those differences are clear in the scriptures, and you should embrace those and not try to balance them out. But recognize the purpose of what the Lord Jesus taught, recognize the purpose of what the Apostle Paul has taught, and embrace the new covenant that has now gone into effect. That's the life that we have before us, and I would strongly encourage you to pursue that and understand that it has nothing to do with depending on grace for when you fall short. It has to do with completely removing yourself from the scale of emphasizing law over grace, completely removing yourself from that, and walking in a completely different way of life of 100% trust and reliance on what the Lord Jesus has already accomplished for you and the implications of that so that you can enjoy the inheritance that has now been given to you. I am out of time for this broadcast, and so to follow up with this broadcast, I would encourage you to listen to the series I did on the subject of forgiveness. That would definitely be a very good series for you to listen to if this subject is new to you. The next series that I would encourage you to listen to is the one that I did on the Sermon on the Mount. That is a very good series to follow up with from there. And then I would encourage you to listen to the series I did on the Will of God. That is a series that describes the inheritance that you have received as a result of his death. And for further information on the subject of law and grace, I would encourage you to listen to the series on spiritual warfare. And until then, I sincerely want to encourage you to continue to grow in your knowledge and understanding of the grace of God in light of what he has accomplished for you, and to walk in the blessings that you have already received in Christ Jesus our Lord. You have been listening to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries. You can hear all of our programs for free through our radio archive at livinggodministries.net. That is, livinggodministries.net. Do help us develop new radio programs and continue broadcasting on this and other radio stations. Send your contributions to Living God Ministries, P.O. Box 38353, Colorado Springs, Colorado. 80937 or use the donation link on our website livinggodministries.net that is livinggodministries.net Thank you,